All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me, 100. It was already kind of going to be a downtrodden podcast (laughs) for the night. I mean, Uh, I feel like we got our our big boohoos out last week. We did. That is very true. I I don't know how I did it, but I found the strength to stay true to what I said on the pod, which was like, I was just going to watch these games, these last games with gratitude Mm -hmm. and like, just enjoy it. Just enjoy watching them go. And I did. I don't know how, but I did. Yeah. I actually had a vision of you because I've seen you at sports events. I know how you, I know how you do, you know, watching and enjoying with gratitude. I know exactly what that looks like in action, you know, clapping and shouting. And when we were given RNG a run for their money, I was, I was, it was like, I was there with you. I just knew how, like it was that energy, right. Of like, thank goodness we came out and popped these guys in the lip once or twice. Like, yeah, that's what it's all about, because that's that's what we were playing for at this point. Someday in closer taking like insane, like one V twos and stuff. It's like, yep. Yeah. All day. I want to see that all day. Go for it. Go for it, young men. All right. Well, today. uh, We mourn the loss of our 2022 year. Yep. Uh, did not advance out of Grocery Worlds, which I, you know, I think was kind of the expectation, but still a sad to realize that expectation in the manner in which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, we also mourn the loss of our GM, Papa Smithy, beloved GM, who is now, uh, his tenure is now over. His contract has not been renewed <clears throat> and he will not ever be forgotten by us. Uh, and because of that, you know, I'm a good boy. I got myself a rip it tribute. <laughs> oh. Tribute Cherry Lime to pay tribute to the, these last years. I mean, three full years. Uh, a little bit more if you count the planning angle, right? Yeah. Of, uh, <clears throat> of consistently getting better and being competitive. It was rough at first. We got out of the darkness. And we became a very good League of Legends team, and then we became a championship League of Legends team, and then we became a contender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it's, you know, it was a very good window, a very good run. Um, <clears throat> then today it was announced that Papa Smithy is leaving. And so that leaves everybody with, I think, questions, trying to figure out what this means for the, the future of the org, what this means for the future of the league. And everybody, I think, was caught off guard by this mm-hmm. um, for the most part. I think all of us expected changes in some form or fashion, but I'm not sure many people expected this change. And if they did expect this change, maybe not right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it makes we're sense. Spend- I mean, I, I'll make this point in more detail, but there's yeah. an angle here where this makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that doesn't make it easy or anything like that. But um, I think what we'll do tonight is focus most of our conversation on Papa Smithy. Obviously, you know, worlds happened (laughs) week, 
week two of our worlds happened and, and we'll hopefully get to talk about that as well. But, um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll kind of run with the current news and give our reaction to it and what we think it means. And then hear from some of you guys, we got a ton of takes and comments and questions, nice. um, on the back of this. So there'll be plenty to discuss. So we should probably start out by actually reading the statement. Yeah. Before right? you do that, can I, can I just make one point? And it's, oh, sure. it's this, right? It's, it's trust the papa. So <laughs> I just want to say the, you know, it's, it's hard to say goodbye. It's, it's, it's a bummer to see because he, he's been great for the org. I don't think there's any question about that. Like you can't yeah. question the accomplishments, the resume, any of that. Um, I don't feel like this is a, a <clears throat> loss of trust in the papa, at least, at least for us from the fans perspective. Right. It's like, yeah, look at, at some point, people have to go their separate ways he did the statement which we'll read in just a minute um but it's i, I just feel like that's worth saying that it's like oh but you don't trust the papa now do you you know it's like <laughs> well no trust the papa has always been about you know we, you have to kind of go back and remember when we first started saying this and it's when things weren't great right and trusting the papa got us basically everything we have to be proud about for the league program so that feels, I think, you know, it's like mission accomplished. We trusted the Papa as a collective, both the org and the fans, and we were rewarded greatly. So I just want to say that, that uh, this doesn't feel like we're abandoning. That's why I, I can wear this shirt unironically, right? It's like, there's, there's nothing now that he's not the GM. There's nothing that diminishes everything we've accomplished. And uh, that's partially what this is. It's a celebration of that, right? And honestly, at its at its essence, right, the trust the papa message was like, be patient and give it time. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> guess what message needs to be delivered now to us if we, you know, if if we're gonna move forward? The same message, you know, get give it time, let's be patient and see what develops before we make any judgments. So yep. um yeah. This is uh this is this is a sad one. This is mm-hmm. a sad one though. And I will say that seeing everybody's reaction online, like it's, it's universal, you know, everybody is sad to see him go and grateful for, um, what he did for the team and for the org. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's, I, I, it's, it's not often that the hundred thieves community agrees. <laughs> we are united nearly universally <laughs> on things. So yeah, yeah. I think if that, if that doesn't speak in highly enough of the tenure, you know, nothing else will. Um, but now let's, let's go into Papa's actual statement. So, um, after hundred thieves posted their announcement that his contract was over and that he was not going to be renewed. Um, he posted not a twit longer, right. But, uh, Mm -hmm. but a, a longer message. So what I want to do, I'll put this up on the screen though. I don't think you guys will be able to read it honestly, because it's very like small and condensed. Um, so we'll read it in its entirety first, and then we'll kind of work through it and stop and talk about some of the things that are in it. Um, there are a couple lines in this statement that I think are, um, are kind of sticking points for people where they're trying to draw a conclusion on why this happened, Mm -hmm. you know, what went into this decision and a couple lines in this, uh, give some insight in some way into it, but you can draw very, as we saw in the the listener takes that came in today, (laughs) you can draw some very different conclusions yes. <laughs> uh, about that. Um, 
you know, just on the same words, you can come to, to different conclusions. So we'll work through it and give our takes on what we think this means and what we think it doesn't mean. And uh, yeah, so let me, let me put this up here for you guys. <clears throat> Again, I know you probably will not be able to read this, so I apologize for that, but we're doing, we're doing what we can here. So let me really even fit this on the screen. Believe it or not, I did have it queued up. <clears throat> Anyway, <laughs> all right. It says, it has been an amazing journey over the past three years with 100 Thieves. After living and breathing League of Legends on the broadcast side for six years, I wanted an opportunity to start a program from scratch and get to truly experience what it meant to compete at the highest level. As a caster, you narrate wins and losses. You show respect to competitors and elevate their achievements as best as you can. But the rush of designing the processes, hiring the staff and players, setting the team culture, and seeing it all unfold week to week is something impossible to distill into words. That's why it's so hard to believe this 100T chapter has come to an end. After multiple rounds of talks with management before Worlds, so before Worlds, it was clear that the shared vision of, of the kind of League of Legends program we wanted to build together in 2019 no longer fit the goals and aspirations of 100T for 2023. Ultimately, this meant supporting our LCS team through Worlds and then going our separate ways. In competitive sports, you rarely are able to move on from a project with your head held high. In this case, an 18-month run of success with back-to-back -back finals appearances, delivering 100 Thieves the first ever LCS championship won by a franchising-era org, and making it to the World Championship twice in a row. What I'm most proud of in my time at 100T is the depth of the League of Legends program we were able to build. We were able to be champions or finalists at the LCS Academy and amateur level in 2022. And I feel so proud that in the three years of my tenure at 100 Thieves, 15 players who played in our amateur team, 100 Thieves Next, made it to an academy team. And 14 players who played for 100 Thieves Academy have played in the LCS. It was always a treat to see players at the LCS studio whose faces lit up seeing me and talking about how much they enjoyed their time with 100T. That stuff made my day just as much as any team win or achievement we were able to take down. There's too many people to thank by name in this one statement. Every single player, staff member, coach, or analyst who played a part in 100 Thieves LCS, 100 Thieves Academy, or 100 Thieves Next. Every single org member who helped out the team, or me personally, as I matured into the GM role. And every single fan, that's you guys, that cheered our players and teams. You all played a part in a wonderful three years I'll never forget. I'm on the lookout for my next big project in esports. Just like the last two, I'll put my head down, be humble, and work my way to the top or die trying. Isn't life boring any other way? Love you all, Chris Papa Smithy Smith. Nice. So, that is nice. There's a lot there. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so, overall, like, I read the tone of this as fair, like, pretty neutral overall. Mm -hmm. Pretty neutral and pretty warm. Um, it's not like the glowing, like this has been the best thing ever. And I'm so sad to admit, you know, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't that glowing. Um, but I think it was a very respectful, um, neutral tone. There are some things in there <laughs> that I think we should break down and, and talk about what they, uh, what they are going to mean for us. So, um, he says the, 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 Thing that was you know impossible to distill into words was the rush of designing the processes hiring the staff and players setting the team culture and seeing it all unfold week to week 
He said that rush was impossible to distill into words. He mentioned specifically designing processes, hiring people, right? And then team culture. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to say, excuse me, it's hard to say what the team culture was before he came, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, it's like, we had, it was like, it was like a very fun org for the first year. Like everything was kind of like wild, wild west happening quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, tons of personality from the the people who we had, you know? And then in 2019, when the losses started happening, um, it just, you know, there was kind of a void there. And I don't think, I, I don't fault under T for this because I think everybody has growing pains when they do something new. Yeah. But, um, there's definitely, I think, a difference in how players and staff who left would talk about Hunter Thieves from before Papa Smithy and after Papa Smithy, right? Mm, yeah. It seemed like during, you know, in the past three years, everybody has a lot of really great things to say. Mm-hmm. You know, talk yeah. about the players who are let go from amateur, let go from academy, like even the ones that are let go from LCS tend to be very positive, very thankful, very grateful in a way that, you know, we didn't always see before. Yeah. Um, and I think that is somewhat of a testament to the team culture, you know, that's been put in. And I'm, I always had a sense that it was a very professional team environment compared to the others, <laughs> yep. you know? And so, um, I don't know. That's, that's probably something that shouldn't go overlooked when we talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you, you can look at the replies to his tweet, just the number of different people who come out to say like, Hey, thanks for everything. Right. Like it's, it's interesting. Cause even if you have a docuseries, you don't get to see the conversations that the GM's having. Yeah. You don't really know what he's up to. Um, it's clear based on people reaching out to him that he, he did a lot of work just kind of building that, that team and the culture and the, and the community. Right. Um, which is, it's always, I think that's always one of the hardest things to quantify and certainly one of the things that you can miss the most when it's gone if you don't find a, a good way to replace that. So that will be something that I hope the team finds a way to, to preserve, right? And that, you know, it's like, there's reason to hope. You think about the other teams, like the CSGO team, when they left, they're all very, uh, they spoke very highly of the org and said, we tried everything to make it happen. We just couldn't, like that's, you know, Valorant, I feel like we've heard similar things. So I think, it, it feels like that's part of the broader org culture, but certainly something that we're seeing a lot right now with the league side too. Yeah. Um, that probably bled into the other esports too. I mean, something that we've talked about is having like an adult in the room. Yeah. And I think like I had the sense that he provided that a lot. Um, this is, so the next paragraph, the next little section is where it got, you know, really interesting for a lot of people's discussion of this. So, I think we'll spend a lot of time kind of breaking this thought down Um, because he said uh, after multiple rounds of talks with management before worlds, it was clear that the shared vision of the kind of league of legends program we wanted to build together in 2019 no longer fit the goals and aspirations of hundred T for 2023. So taken literally, right? Mm -hmm. It is, they decided on a game plan in 2019 when they brought Papa Smithy on. And that goal, you know, that, that game plan had a set of goals and a set of like, you know, we're going to, we're going to do 
this kind of process. We're going to spend these kind of resources. We're going to make these kind of choices, right? We're going to have these kind of values. And he's saying now the the vision for 2023 and beyond from 100 Thieves uh, does not align totally with the 2019 version of that vision where they came together and built that, you know, together. Like when you hire a GM, you want to know what are your objectives? What are you going to do? What are you going to be about? Right. And if that suits what you're going for, then you say, let's go, let's sign the contract. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. So now presumably from this wording, um, Papa Smithy hasn't really changed what he wants to accomplish and what he thinks should be done. But that, Hunter Thieves' idea of how to accomplish these goals has changed from 2019. I don't think that's a totally outrageous thing at face value anyway. Like, of course, you're going to make changes and decisions and stuff. Like, it's been years. It's been three years. That's more than half the life of the org, you know? So things are going to change over that span of time. It's just how far away from the original vision does it stray and what does that mean? Yeah. I think that the thing that catches my interest in that is, I mean, they're actually very clear about that. If you think back to when Papa joined and, and the videos they did and the, way, the, the things they talked about and like the goals that they stated. Um, if those goals aren't the goals anymore, there are a couple questions I have. One of them is, what are the new goals? <laughs> and when should we expect to hear that? I mean, I mean I don't expect that that would have been out today, right? It's so like, yeah, that takes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> time. You got to wait for that to, to come out. Um, and probably it will be as they announce other things and, you know, rosters, et cetera. But the other is, um, you know, it, what parts of the vision specifically, right? So you have to imagine that Papa said, I got an idea for this thing called 100 Next, right? Like you don't have it today, but I think it'd be cool to do and a good investment of our resources. So is that some like, what pieces of what he was about are we no longer feeling like as an org we are willing or able to commit to? Um, and, and, you know, we don't know that. Uh, that's not part of the message here. And I think that's to be expected. Um, yeah. But you, I mean, there are things that you worry about, right? Like, I think you really hope that the pipeline is not going to be put into to doubt. Um, you hope that their commitment to building a championship roster is still you know part of the ambition here maybe it's just that they they had different ways about what that means in 2023 um i don't know but that's you know that those are the questions i have hearing that yeah i think like <clears throat> one of the obvious things to talk about here and i think we'll we'll, we'll mention it and then have a longer conversation elsewhere but you know, is money and resources. Because, um, you know, if you think back to what happened when we first started uh, with with Chris, with Papa Smithy, we had just presumably spent a ton of money bringing in Bang to the roster, and it had completely fallen flat. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some other players that were presumably not cheap either. Um, there was a lot of investment, and then when Papa Smithy came on, we slow pedaled things at first. And we, I remember wondering, is this because we couldn't get the right people? Like we couldn't find the right players or was it, we didn't want to spend on the right players. And that was kind of a question mark. We didn't have an answer to that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
what we did have is, you know, a player like uh, Ryoma who came in as a transition transition player who filled a gap for a while. Right. Um, <clears throat> we had some other players come and go and it seemed like we just were a few moves away from getting to a place where we could spend the money. And then we certainly did. Right. Right. Um, on the backs of that though, you've, you were also, like you said, building infrastructure in underneath it, right. Where, you know, Hundred next is the thing. The academy team, we we actually poured in a lot of resources to that. Um, so it seems like my my guess is that uh, the resources available was a big part of that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hundred thieves back then there was less of a pressure for profitability. Um, things were just felt a little different, right? It was kind of like we would spend some money on some cool things just cause it was cool like, and just cause we liked it and wanted to do it. And we were passionate, you know? Well, I mean, um, I think early on, right. The reins were a little looser for that. Probably it's, you think about like the first few years of any program, right? Like, I don't think anybody expects that in year one, like we're going to spend X million of dollars and we're going to yeah. double our investment after a year. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you're lying. That's not right. Um, so there comes a time where you have to just evaluate, Does, is this still what we thought would happen three years ago? Where are we at, right? Like you can make these investments now. Maybe part of your investment was if we do these things, I think we can win a title. Great. Surely there are financial rewards for that, right? Um, maybe there aren't. You know, like maybe maybe there aren't as much. Yeah, maybe it doesn't really make that much of a difference uh, on the balance sheet if you have a title or not, right? Um, so you know, like I think you have to revisit all of those assumptions at some point. This point feels like a pretty good time to do that. And if if you can no longer justify the millions of dollars that you're spending on this program, what what do you what else do you have to do? Like what you have very limited options then other than finding a way to do this spending less you think about like the heist right i mean that was a significant financial investment um all of the players all of the staff so you know all of these things that we have been spending a lot on over time like we had multiple coaches uh for three different programs basically and yeah that's not cheap that's not cheap at all like these people are earning a living wage um plus benefits and um i assume i don't actually know what people are earning but you'd hope <laughs> you'd hope that they're getting enough to make this worthwhile for their their commitment i'm sure that the org is doing them right um that's expensive man people are super expensive to employ and yeah. i don't think you can overlook the fact that like you, you got to make these hard decisions if you, what you're not going to do is continue to run at a loss and i i, I sincerely doubt right there's a reason that paid by steve is a meme and it's because (laughs) there's no business model where this makes sense this is steve deciding that he would like to have a great league of legends program and making decisions based on that right um and so you know like that doesn't work for everybody and it probably doesn't work for steve uh, endlessly either I'm, i'm sure he's at some point gonna need to do the same thing yeah and this is really what you're saying is really insightful beyond just the money piece. Like, <clears throat> cause it's easy to be like, Oh, look, you know how you can't always just spend a ton of money. But what you're saying is like, you know, 
yes, you can't always spend the money, but also they did. And what was the result? Like what were our expectations versus what we actually achieved? I think that's an important thing. So let's talk mm-hmm. about that. And then yeah. I think let's dive further into the economic situation. Cause you know, to me that, that is yeah. from, from the stuff we have available to us. That seems like, you know, a huge reason. Um, if you back up, like what you were saying, look at the objectives of that 2019 vision. Yeah. Um, if you're like, okay, you you mentioned winning a title. Maybe if we play our cards right and like, this process goes well, we win a title. Okay, we obviously did that, right? Yeah. And and not only that, but we we made two other finals. So three finals in a row, one of them which we won, right? And we went to Worlds twice. That's uh, that's a big check mark, mm-hmm. right? For for the plan. What else is part of that plan? Developmental talent right? Safe to say <laughs> that has gone well for us too. Yep. Um, clearly we have the most, one of, one of the most, if not the most productive uh, academy and amateur programs out there. I think on a whole, it's basically us and team liquid. I would probably give the edge to us, honestly, in terms of like amateur all the way up. But what um, about Danny? <laughs> That's true. What about Danny? <laughs> there was that one player, but, but you know what I mean? Like it's, um, the guys that brought up, uh, he mentioned 14 players, yeah. uh, played, <coughs> excuse me, played in the LCS from hundred thieves Academy, right? Yeah. 15 players from the amateur program made it to, uh, Academy that that's insane success. Yeah. That is really, really crazy. And a- along with that came, kind of a halo effect for us because I, especially that first hundred next team. Do you remember this? Like everybody was all about hundred next. That has to be, that's gotta be like the most like well-known amateur team mm-hmm. ever from, from our side of amateur, right? Like right. everybody knew hundred, hundred next and the players on it and it was fun. And there was so much bubbling up around it. I mean, even the current else, uh, the current Academy broadcast team, yeah. They kind of like came up simultaneously with the hundred next guys. And so much of it was about that. Yep. I think it was like awesome look for the org. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was, you know, clearly we, we were ga- gaining respect on that front. So the developmental part of it, I think is largely a success. Now it is true that the thing we didn't do when it came to development is convert those into starting players for us. For us. Yeah. Right. But there's a lot that goes into that. Like, Hey, guess what? Someday actually happens right now (laughs) to be popping off. Like, you know, his best year ever. Mm -hmm. So we did all that work prepping tenacity. And now it's like, do you really want to throw someday off his rhythm? And guess what? That was the right choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because someday did well all year for us. So, you know, when you see someday chopping Doran into pieces on the Aatrox, (laughs) At Worlds, you know, that might not have happened if we yeah. decided to go tenacity. Right choice. Um, so there's that. So some of that could be just victim of the time frame also. It's like it takes a long time to get them up there, and we're only talking about a three-year period. Um, Talent-wise, we, we were stacked at the positions where we had our most promising talent, and that's kind of like, I don't know. I don't hold that against Pop Smithy or whoever's, <laughs> you know, working on these things because – like you just find talent wherever it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't really like, you know, I'm like, well, we don't want general sniper because <laughs> yeah. 
we already have a top laner right. and a second top laner. It's like, no, get them in the fold. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and it's just like Ken V, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, cool. Like, and like, and honestly, like, I think most people feel like Busio's turn is next, like this upcoming mm-hmm. season, like before this, like everybody's yeah. basically like, yeah, Busio's probably going to get the nod. So I think like the converting them to LCS players is a, is a little bit of a fluke that it hadn't happened. It's like kind of like spoiled for talent, yep. uh, which just means your development process is going very well. So you check that box. You check the culture box. I think it's safe to say, cause you mm-hmm. know, as we mentioned, everybody has a high opinion of the org itself, like who's worked there yep. um, and who's been on the rosters and stuff. It's like, you know, there's a lot of respect for hundred T in that sense. Um, maybe one of the things that didn't really like click the way that we might have hoped is like fan base stuff, you know, <laughs> like, um, I don't think, I don't think it feels like hundred thieves has like gained many fans during this stretch. I think that's the case for like literally everyone, but EG and those EG yes. fans were just bandwagon fans. Right. So it's again, I'm like, uh, it's hard to really hold that there. And plus it's like, uh, I don't know how much of that is the responsibility of someone like a GM. Yeah. Um, surely there's, there's a portion of that. Like you build around players, right? You hire the right players. We, hey, we signed Medios in year one. That was clearly like the smartest signing we made for the, for the beginning because he brought with him like a crazy fan base of Mm -hmm. loyal people. Um, so, you know, there, there, there are those things that go into it, but I don't know. It just seems like when you look at what could have been the vision, things have gone pretty dang well. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, all right, we achieved most of what we set out to do. And now what has the payout been? So it's like if, if we didn't, we didn't like continue building fans at the same amount like that we, that we were in 2018. Okay. Maybe that was unsustainable. Maybe it was cause we didn't have like the content side. Like we, we could have, I don't know, but there is that, uh, you, you mentioned maybe it doesn't pay <laughs> to, to win. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's prize money involved, but you know, the, the spending required to get there is certainly offsetting that. Like, I don't think anyone looks at our league programs like, Hey, they are definitely in the black. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, uh, so you look at the, uh, ancillary revenue, right? Like sponsorship partnerships. What happens there? Not a whole lot. <laughs> it kind of, it, it kind of just held where it was for the most part. Right. Yeah. And, and we don't know what the, what the money is like on these deals. But <clears throat> when you say like, uh, when you have like a feel for what has happened, feels like there's less of a sponsorship presence and that's probably because there are less sponsors buying in for content you know that's probably a major reason why we don't get much of it so a lot of this i think it's like yeah well we thought doing all these things and winning would <laughs> land us in a in a place where hey we are building things are going really well on the esports side and it's starting to like you know build a flywheel for us that's yep. just going to continue to push us forward and I don't think that was the reality. And I don't think that's the fault of, you know, the, the program, right? Yeah. No. Um, I don't want to go too macro here, but like, why does any of this exist? Right.
Uh, why? Right. Why did? Um, is it Dan Gilbert? Is, he, is that? Is, am I getting mm-hmm. the name right? Yeah. Why did he yep. invest money? Um, he didn't do it because he thought it'd be cool to win an LCS title. I promise you that. He doesn't know what that is. He doesn't care. He might now, to his credit. At the time, this was not him seeking somebody out to say like, "Yo, I want to get a banner. Give me that." trophy boys i gotta get it dan gilbert wants an lcs title he wants it and he's coming for it look out he wants a lot of money for his investment (laughs) he would like to earn a lot of money for the money that he's putting into this thing right um i just thought you'd just say he wants a lot of money he does (laughs) and just leave it he does it's he's looking for a, a good investment to the team's credit they convinced him this was a good investment and I'm not, I'm not putting that into question. I think this is still, like, if you're going to get in with an org, I think this 100 Thieves, you're feeling good about where things are at, right? Yeah. It's healthy. It's, there are other orgs you can look at that aren't. I won't name them. Um, like, there are teams that Dan Gilbert didn't invest in, uh, even though I'm sure he had the opportunity. All of that to say, people want to get in on this because they feel like it's the future, right? Like, you make a big investment in this uh, five years ago because you think that it's going somewhere and and this is a little bit of i think uh what i'm concerned about which is it seems to be going uh not nowhere <laughs> not it's not nowhere it seems to be going backwards right yeah. like the lcs <clears throat> is not even going to have a prime time slot it's being cannibalized by the people who make it right like they are making way for the thing they think is actually a better bet the new favorite kid so are you going to continue to dump money dan gilbert's money into the lcs when riot is like i gotta yeah guys i think you're gonna like this wednesday wednesday is where it's at you know so you know like big picture i think that as an org, you have to try to make a decision about what you want to do for the next three to four years, starting right now today. Um, yeah. And if your bet is to continue to dump a lot of money into League of Legends, I, like I can't tell you with a lot of confidence that a move away from weekend scheduling is going to do favors for the viewership. I can't say that. Um, <laughs> it seems unlikely to me. So like that's a that's a concern, yeah. And there's other things to look at too, where it's like, well, let's. Where do we think this is probably going? I, yeah, and let's back up and talk about this a little more because I I think this, I think, there are some things aligning here, that make this a more palatable, you know, situation for yeah. us. Um, <clears throat> and I think it starts with what you're mentioning with like the speculative nature of the scene, right? Yeah. So. Just so you guys know, like I, before my current job, I worked in the music business and <clears throat> I worked at an association for people who like put on live events and tours and stuff, right? We have an annual conference where we have to like design these panels of like, all right, we're gonna have a conversation about this and that and bring in all these people to, you know, talk about the next hottest thing in entertainment. And I think it was 2015, uh, League of Legends came across my desk like as a thing it was like three years before you started watching. i still remember the photos yeah this is way before i started watching i remember the photos and it was like this 
is e-gaming. <laughs> and, it was like, and it was like photos of worlds with like red side, blue side lighting yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. I know the exact and like photo a that they full included. stadium, yep. right? And they were like, Jordan, did you know more people watch the League of Legends World Championship than the Super Bowl? And that's that stat, yeah. that stat, yeah. right? Was on like literally every every pitch deck ever yeah. for like three years straight. Right. Right. And uh, I remember seeing this and be like, huh, this is kind of interesting. And then it, it had a moment being like a thing for people to talk about. Yeah. Right. Like we brought in uh, Peter Melkin from Major League Gaming like for a panel and it was like, I don't even really know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a video game fan, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. So everybody got super excited about that. And I think like, there was this huge expectation that since games were so popular and since, you know, obviously video games were like where more and more people were spending their time and that's what the youths are into. Mm -hmm. um, it was, you got to get in on it now and you better buy those franchise spots now because you see what's happening in the NFL. You see what's happening in the NBA. Those valuations are about to skyrocket. If you don't want to get into the ground floor, oh buddy, you're going to be paying 10x markup on these things <laughs> yeah, right yep so and and all those people who were investing had crazy amount of money like there was a surplus of available investment capital capital um during this time so it was just like yeah you know why not and it was yeah. like lots of sports owners right who were again seeing their valuations blow up they're like well mm -hmm. you know if everybody wants to play play video game basketball instead of real basketball in 20 years. And uh, makes sense for me, owner of the Houston Rockets right. to start clutch gaming. Let's go. You know, so <laughs> there's, there's like all that stuff, right? Where there's just like this speculative nature of it, mm -hmm. tons of money, which made all these things possible. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was spending that was not justified beyond cool and speculative. Right. Like something so, else recently that came up. I can't, Crash my head on that. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> so, so one of the one of the effects of this, right, was like like hundred thieves, <laughs> probably in a weird way, kind of contributed to this because th when they entered in 2018, it was like it went so well. It went so well. It was like, look at this new brand. They're exciting. They're cool. They actually have some potential to like cross over into the mainstream because, yeah, right. like, look at their board, look at their investor. Did you know Drake is a part owner in this? That Drake that means Drake's gonna be wearing Hundred Thieves apparel every time he's on camera. You know, right. stuff like that. Where it's just like, oh, okay, cool. This is like gonna pop off. Um, lots, like I said, lots of fans. The content, right? Mm -hmm. Hundred Thieves, best content team ever assembled. Um, everything was insane during that time. And so it was like, okay, cool. Look how this is going for them. Mm -hmm. More of that. Right. And then all of that money that was invested in the teams was, you know, it started to be spent. Yeah. You know, and player salaries, program budgets just shot up. And we knew this, everybody knew this, right? This was openly talked about. I mean, Jordan and I, we're not esports insiders. We don't know anything about this, honestly. Right. But Everybody knows <laughs> that you don't need to pay $6 million for perks or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> like you, that just does not make sense. It's just, it's not justified. And if, if we, we win, <laughs> we, 
<laughs> we beat him. <laughs> it's it's like uh it's cool and it's exciting, but like not sustainable. And every time, every offseason, the the bids on the players just got crazy, especially because NA was at a disadvantaged position when it came to attracting the best players. And we have the most money. Shouldn't we have the best players? Aren't we a major region? We're a major region. <laughs> but aren't we a major region? You know? So all of that stuff got crazy out of control. So you look at like the capital layout that, you know, who, whoever these investors are, <laughs> are making, you see companies like Hunter Thieves, like TSM, right? Re-raising rounds, you know, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> just getting like injections of cash. And then like, you know, fast forward a bit. We're not seeing the improvement. We're not seeing the progress in the scene. It's not, start, it's not exploding. You're not starting to hear about League of Legends out there in the world. We're still all nerds on Discord all day long. You know what I mean? You're not, you're, your friend at work is not talking about Hunter Thieves at the water cooler. Um, that stuff's just not happening, right? So, Although when you find that person, <clears throat> they're cool. Yeah, I, yeah that's a bad example because I have a, a yeah, yeah. guy at work, a coworker at work who... <laughs> Loves Valorant and likes Hunter Thieves, and I gave him his first juvie today. So, um, anyway, it still sounds like sort of I a punishment. It does, it does, it sounds like a euphemism or a something. So, ooh, maybe I should not have said that. Anyway, so that and so you factor in like just the amount of cash that has been spent by them, and they're starting to wonder if it's worth it because it's like, ah, is this doesn't seem to be working, but maybe we'll give it a bit right. of time, right? And then the pandemic hits and everything changes and the economy starts like crashing. And even when like, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, the economy was like still looking strong or whatever, but it was like, you know, people knew it was not going to last. Yeah. Yeah. And Oh, this is going to be bad. People lost so much money. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you are a leveraged investor, you're just losing more money than the average person. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think, yeah, I said this a long time ago on the pod, actually. My thought of what happens is that, you know, these, these, the, the people on the board, like these board officers and stuff, they're going to be like, hey, so we've lost a ton of money, like on all of our businesses. Right. This is not just a you thing, but we definitely have to tighten the budgets here. Let, we're, we're not, we do not have more money available for you. Mm-hmm. You need to figure this out because we cannot afford to spend any more money on this and we have to see return on the things that we are spending money for. You know what I mean? So you're going to, you're going to be more accountable for results now than some, you know, sometime in the future. I mean that when they gave us the money, they said at some time in the future, we're going to want to see how this is going. We are there now. This is sometime in the future. You know? Yeah. There's more future to look at, but like we're out of the phase of like, uh, we have this idea that we want to talk to you about, you know, now it's, it's like, well, let me have a look at your books, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. It's interesting. That's an interesting line. League of legends. I've never heard of that. Is that like football? (laughs) I wonder how many people watch that compared to say the super bowl. (laughs) Well, let me tell you actually. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And they pull up the, uh, the, the stream for LCS (laughs) from 2014, 2015. Like they hmm. pull up that like, yeah. oh, this is old. Let me look at what it is now. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so the the 
Well, I, I strongly think this this happened to 100 Thieves, and I would guess other orgs too. I mean, like, I don't I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume that all all of these things were tightened up. We saw layoffs from the content from the content team, social team. Um, we've seen a scale back in resources, right? Uh, this doesn't seem to be like for no reason, right? It's because now we have to measure the performance of what we're spending our money on a little more carefully and a little more purposefully um, than before. And all orgs are in the same boat with that, right? Mm-hmm. And now because of the economic situation, it's like the esports speculation bubble is pretty much popped. Okay. It's not going to go away. Certainly it's not going to go away, but it's just like, it's not that you, we, there's not that excitement and that juice in it that there was like five years ago. Well, even so, like, even the way they're doing franchising or partnership in Valorant, they're giving teams money versus how much yeah. do they pay for the, the franchise mm-hmm. slots. And like that, that says a lot about where we've, right. how far we've come. Exactly. You know, they're now incentivizing people to try to spend and develop this space instead of essentially, uh, you know, charging admission. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Here's the thing, like bringing this back to the, the current predicament, right? Because we got t- talking about this because of the Papa Smithy movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we don't know for sure that this is a money decision and it could not be, you know, it could be for other reasons or whatever. I strongly suspect money is a huge factor in this decision though, because look how the performance went this year. We didn't get better. Um, we weren't able to make a dent in worlds. Basically, nobody in NA. This is not just a yep. us problem. Um, and now it's time for like, okay, we clearly need to rebuild. It just so happens that we that that happens right when this bubble burst is happening. Right, all season we've heard, you know. You know, these teams aren't going to keep spending this money. This was a big year for Team Liquid. You know, them not making worlds is a huge deal because of all the investors who thought, you know, this was the crowning moment for North American esports and all the eyeballs are going to be on them. And, you know, as unfounded as those ideas may have been, it appears that some things were built on top of them. And so you hear, like, it's again not a unique to 100 Thieves thing. It's just people are pulling out largely. So, what a convenient time <laughs> for that to happen. Because we need a program change at the same time, and we kind of have this like this other other stuff happening. So, if you if you imagine, you know, say like the ecosystem was pretty healthy right now, and we were still getting like the same result, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh man, what do we do? We got to spend more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we kind of have cover, right? for this we we kind of have a cover and a reason you know it's it's interesting one one, i want to mention one point on the like hey this is na's year right like there were a lot of people cheering for us when we were almost you know when we were toe-to-toe with rng more i think more than we've had anyone cheer for 100 these league of legends ever i'd say yeah can you imagine if we showed up and we we did we pulled a rogue Right. And we went 3 0 the first week. I mean, we would, there would have been an incredible amount of buzz and support for us going into the second round robin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that, like, 
I kind of dismissed that at first. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, my mom's not going to know about, even if we 6-0 groups, like, it's not, this is not. But, like, there was a chance there to actually connect with more people, right? Yeah. Or, at the very least, like, to do some of that fan building. Like, I think that's kind of what happened with EG, right? Where it's like, nobody expects these guys Mm -hmm. to do well, and they are popping off. And I am now rooting for them because this is exciting, right? And that is, I can't believe what I just saw. I didn't even know who this kid was, but I'm going to root for him. So mm-hmm. there was a moment. I don't think it would have like <laughs> fixed what ails us. Um, yeah, because that's the thing. It's like, yes, connect with some more fans. And now I'm looking for the line on the spreadsheet where I see how many more hoodies I sold because I connected. With right. The or just like raising the overall um, it's, it's hard, right? Because it's like like having more fans is good and important and mm-hmm. um but i think there's 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 some way that you have to try to quantify the value of that without directly translating it to like views or clicks or purchases or you know like juvies yeah. right um and i i, I want to believe that there's something there it's like you need the pedigree too i feel like they talked about this before right where it's like we want to be a championship organization not just one that makes the best apparel or the one that has good content, but like also one that wins. Um, and so I do think there's, there's value in having like, yeah, having a fan base, even if their, their only engagement with the team is on Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. So that's a, t- that's a tough nut to crack. Right. Um, I think like, I've always thought is really interesting what after what was it like two years or so when Hunter Thieves stopped endorsing the Supreme of Esports kind of idea, mm-hmm. right? You remember how like that was a comparison for us like all the time. Yeah. And they stopped kind of doing that. They stopped kind of thinking of themselves as streetwear. They they've dropped that term from all their marketing. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> and then it was like it's like gaming lifestyle organization, stuff like that. I think like the Supreme like comparison is so interesting to me because Supreme was such like a slow build over a really long period of time. And it was done by being really true to the culture. Right. To, to this day, you see like the Supreme apparel reveals every, you know, every week before the Thursday drops their skate videos, their skate videos (laughs) of people wearing the stuff and do and like authentic skateboarding in like New York city. Right. Yeah. It's like, that's how they do it. And they've done it for a very long time. And there, that soul to it is still there. And like Supremes, like white hot days are still behind them, but they're never going away. They're still like super respected. You know, they're, they're only red hot now and not white hot, you know? Right. Um, <clears throat> and I think like there's something to be said about like sticking with that culture and like, you know, doing things with values in your heart and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how Hunter Thieves operated for a really, really long time. And it's not to say that's totally gone, because it's not. But um, I think there's more credence given to financial considerations now, because they are a company, and they need to become profitable. They need to sustain their employees and their business, Right. There are people who work super hard at that company. 
they need to be paid. The, you know, the investors want to see return, like you mentioned. So it's like this transition for 100 Thieves was going to happen anyway, mm-hmm. regardless of like, you know, whether or not we just happen to find ourselves in an economic like situation predicament. Right. right. You know? So it's, again, it's just kind of convenient that it's happening now. But unfortunately, that means there's collateral damage along the way, you know, mm-hmm. with things like, we're not going to spend uh, class A resources, <laughs> tier one resources Major on our League of Legends program, which seems to be the case. Look, they could totally surprise us, you know, in a couple weeks and announce that they've got like $3 million roster. Hey, I think there's like a 0.0001% chance <laughs> of that. So we, I'm just saying we don't know this definitively, but it sure seems that way. We have seen less content. We've seen less staff around the program. We've seen less excitement, less attention drawn to it, less coverage um, gradually over time. I think the signs have been here for a while and we've been talking about that, you know? And to me, to tie this all in, the reason we're talking about it, um, it's it's hard to look back at the Papa Smithy tenure and be like, yeah, this isn't a this isn't a financial decision because we we achieve so many of the things we wanted to achieve along the way. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's just like the results weren't even though like we ch- we achieved the goals we set, the revenue maybe didn't follow it. We didn't get as much added sponsor attention. We didn't get as much um, streaming money or whatever it is. You know, attention to all their other channels, everything. So it's kind of hard to look at it and think that that's not one of the major drivers to it or the major driver to it. Yeah. There's, we'll never ever know this because hundred thieves is notoriously like going to play this tight lipped. Like that's just how they do it. Um, they don't give a lot of information usually about things like this. They take, you know, the, the quiet road and the high road as much as they possibly can. I would be shocked if, you know, they were to come out and say stuff like that. So that's just for us to sit and think about. But the facts are now we're going to have to restart this program and there will be choices made on what the direction is moving forward, right? Like, will this be, some, some people seem to think that this you know, us, us, our vision not aligning right from 2019 to 2023 means we're going to go away from the development stuff we've generated and buy like Bjergsen or whatever. I don't think that's the case. Not unless it's <laughs> but we have other choices. You know, like <clears throat> budget. If he great value Bjergsen. <laughs> yes. Every time you say great value, it makes me laugh so hard. I just can't. It's so good. <laughs> it would still be Bjergsen, just like yeah. him having the same internal monologue that we've been having with each other. Where he he then realizes like, I guess I just got a pay cut, you know. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh in the middle of that, but Squiz in chat just said so. Demonte again, <laughs> <laughs> yo. <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> so we shall we shall see what happens. Yeah, I I one of the other choices we have to make is like okay, if we rebuild the roster, because I'm assuming that. Pop Smithy isn't the only change that's going to happen. I would not be surprised if Reaper, like Reaper did not work for what was it? Was it a split or a full year before we hired him? 
a split. It, there was a period of time where he didn't work, probably yeah. just a split. It is probably pretty likely that he was asking for a lot of money. He was a very desired coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably commanded prepay. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not there going forward. Some of the guys on our team, like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I, since I believe that money's a huge factor here, I'm not going to be shocked if we lose so much of that. So rebuilding the roster process, it's like, hey, do we put in those prospects that we've been developing? Do we bump Busio up? Do mm-hmm. we put tenacity in, right? And beyond that, do we, say, shun the idea of importing and stick to NA people, right? Like, hey, one of the biggest criticisms of 100 Thieves is 100 imports, right? Yep. This is a team of five imports, blah, 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 blah. Most obnoxious people on the planet, but there's at least something to what they're saying, right? <laughs> uh, and clearly, the league community seems to to only root for you if you have any talent on your roster. Uh, so um, that's an opportunity. It's like, we're going to make choices on this, presumably. Do we go heavily NA? Do we go heavily young and like you know, what do we do? And, Mm -hmm. and I don't know what the answer to the questions are, but those are choices that hundred thieves is going to make. And I, whatever direction it goes in, it's going to be a wild ride. There's going to be a lot to talk about on the podcast every week. Right. Yeah. We, we won't. Yeah. We'll have to figure out how we do a podcast when our games are in the middle of the week. I but that's a separate issue, but we'll have plenty to talk about. Um, I got to come back to one point you made, which is it's you know, the 0.0001% chance that we swing for the fences with our, our roster. Again. I just think for me, it feels that I don't know what the argument is to do that. Right. Like the reason to do, to, to, to do which in, part of it invest it, you know, buy as many important imports or expensive imports. Oh as yeah. You can. Like the bag again. Yeah. Just throw yeah. Keep throwing the bag. Uh, even though it's just full of IOUs and, and loans um so here like for me this is the 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 reason you don't do that right this is na's thing we spend big money right we spend big money because we feel like it gives us a chance to be globally relevant it it's our it's our one shot at actually competing at worlds is to bring in the best players you know have good enough NA talent to 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 make it up there and to get to you know it's kind of like we want to be not only you know an afterthought for groups or like the easy group but we want to we want other teams to fear playing against us right right that's not happening that's not happening with anything close to and you can point to the the exception right the C9s the, like the team the CLGs the ones who have made big splashes that is the exception that is in no in no way a an actual strategy to like <laughs> make it to to become relevant on the global stage. And if you're going to spend that kind of money, you need the LCK to be talking about you at group straw and not because it's like so we're not worried about them. You know, this is going to be a cakewalk. We're we're feeling pretty good about this. Without that, I just don't think you can justify it. Like, how can you? The only way you can get the return on that kind of investment is if you become, it's kind of like, you know, there are orgs like Fnatic and G2. I think they're probably maybe 
one thing you could look at to say, like they have global relevance in part because they've been good enough to actually compete historically. Um, if you're going to spend, you need to basically be that good. And I just don't see that happening um, for NA. And it's, even if it could happen, I don't think it's anything close to reliable enough to justify on your balance sheet that you're going to spend millions of dollars to finish one in five. You know, like, right. that's just, there's no return there. <clears throat> if anything, it degrades your brand because you show up and you look like the, the major reason. Re, re, major major region, region. <laughs> which is harder to say than you think. <laughs> but no less true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just more reason in my book to, yeah, think that we're not going that direction. We're going to go young and cheap. Yep. But that doesn't necessarily have to be like such a bleak outlook for one. <clears throat> all the other NA teams seem to be doing the same thing, right? Like that's kind of what the, the whisperings are. So if everybody kind of reduces their budgets and stuff, then it's like, yeah, the playing field will still be relatively level except for, you know, whoever is still spending like a metric butt ton of money on the roster. Cause that I've, you know, heard that there are one or two teams that still will, but, um, we may get a chance to see what the development process really yields if with our new guys, you know? So there's, <clears throat> it's, it's like things are just going to be different. It's yeah. not, it's not necessarily going to like feel way worse in terms of the competition. Probably until we get to world. <laughs> then at that point, like, okay, this sucks. Yep. But you know, watching it a week to week, it'll still be, there'll still be lots of storylines and there's an opportunity for re refreshing the, the, um, the reputation, not the reputation, but the, you know, the, the connotations of hundred thieves, like what people think about when they think hundred thieves, mm -hmm. There's a chance to refresh those things and all teams are going to be going through crazy growing pains. So, you know, <laughs> one thing, one thing we don't know is what other staff are staying behind mm -hmm. there. There could be more staff leaving more players leaving. We don't know who's going to still be there, but if we have uh, a lot of the same staff, especially that has helped build this program, um, there's there, you know, it doesn't mean we're necessarily going to abandon development. Right. That yeah. was one of that was one of the things I had the hardest time understanding on Twitter reading people's thoughts on this was like a lot of people assumed we we're just abandoning abandoning the development because Papa Smithy's not there. It's like, well, I don't think we have another real route <laughs> for forward here. I don't think we're gonna be abandoning that. And if and if some of the other staff stays behind, then you know, we can continue a lot of those same processes and yeah. Um, maybe that will become clear when they hire a new GM and we get to find out who that is. But, you know, I just, I, it's going to be really interesting. Um, doesn't have to be all doom and gloom, but no, I think I mean, the reason we're all feeling that way is because clearly Papa Smithy meant a lot to all of us because he brought us from darkness into championship mode and, and, uh, we should we should feel sad about that. Like we should feel grateful and sad to lose it, and you know, this like sense of change, which is like, oh man, like I'm gonna miss these guys if the roster goes, and I'm gonna miss Papa Smithy. All that is valid and cool, and we should be feeling that. Yeah. Um, and then we'll just see what the next direction is 
let's not make up our minds before it happens. Yeah, I, I gotta. I want to make that very, very clear. I don't actually feel doom and gloom about this at all. Like I think um, everything we've talked about is is just how I understand the current moment in both LCS and Hundred Thieves, and specifically as they relate to one another. Um, it hurts to realize that we aren't the new uh, uh, NFL, right? Like. It would be yeah. very cool and exciting if we had, uh, you know, football money. Like, what on earth would this thing look like then? It's fun to think about it, but it's not. It's not happening. It's not there, uh, and it might never. Like, maybe all of the speculation never comes. You no, know, never plays out, and we still have a game that we both like to watch and talk to each other about once a week. Cool. Like, I'm not mad about that at all. Uh, the reason I'm, I don't feel doom and gloom about this is because this is the reality. And I actually think the worst position you could be in right now is clinging to the way you want things to be, right? Like I would actually, given all that we've talked about, I would be more concerned if it was like, guess we just got to try to get Showmaker again. I don't know. who, Like who else could we try <laughs> for? Who's taking our calls still? Um, it's like, that's just not it. One, it's not going to work. Two, I don't think it's actually that exciting or fun to watch. To be honest, like, like the perks thing. Like, you know, when we when we made these huge purchases, our best team and the one that we are, you know, kind of remembering fondly, didn't have that. Right? It was someday, and the Golden Guardians guys, and it turns out that they were awesome. Right? Yeah. And none of them. Uh, were an import from the LPL or LCK, you know, like that the year before. So what I hope is, and this is why I'm actually more hopeful than not right now, is that we have the foresight to see that we got to do things differently. And yeah, it's, it's probably going to be painful because we've all been enjoying this, you know, this lush, luxurious lifestyle of, you know, import League of Legends. Um, I think the first team to do this right is going to be better positioned down the line. Um, there's a lot of stuff we got to get right along the way. Like, I think we have to make it like we have to f basically be the best at doing it this way. That's the opportunity <clears throat> because otherwise it, you're going to look like you're just, you know, you're, you're trying to get out of league or you're yeah. not prior. You don't care about it anymore. I think there's a lot of cool storylines to tell about, what this program is now we just have to wait and see what the the that story is because the only piece we have is we know that it's not gonna be papa smith who's rebuilding this thing um and that's a bummer because i think he's awesome and I, I would i would like to listen to that story from him but that's not he's not gonna be the one to tell it um i mentioned this like the first few minutes we were talking I actually think that announcing the GM's departure before you start rebuilding a team is the right order to do this in, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to go through a rebuild and start announcing things and then have yeah, somebody else come in and say, "Up, oh, yeah, we we realized halfway through through rebuilding our program that we want this other guy to do it." It's like, okay. Yeah. You just realized that. So, <laughs> I think this is the first thing to to be announced uh with good reason. And now we just have to kind of wait and see. But yeah. all, all, everything we've said is just where we expect this to go. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I do hope that we can be the best at 
everybody who's doing it this way and that yeah. the other orgs can maintain solvency <clears throat> through the, the whatever's to come because that's a question mark for me yeah and someone reacting to what you said about you know having the the chance to do that someone said eg did that already in chat and it's like well kind of i mean eg like yeah they put they put uh jojo and danny in uh because they weren't as good as us at the time. So they kind of had to make their change and those were big bets and good for them for making them, but their hands were forced a little bit at least. Um, <clears throat> so we could end up in the same position where we put in our guys and Hey, guess what? Buzio is the next legend of the LCS. You know, that yeah. could very well happen and we could put more young developmental talent around them and kind of out EG EG. Yeah, because honestly, like we, you know, our development pipeline should be respected as much or more than that. You know, I, I feel really right. strongly about that. No, no shade on any EG people. But uh, yeah, it's just like I don't want that to come off as a slight to under thieves because, you know, we've done that, too. Our our team was just really good. So we didn't rotate them in. Yet. Right, right. So it, it could, you know, there, there could be surprising uh, results there. Now, with all of that said, uh, is <laughs> Cosmic Flash just finding out in chat the news from today? Uh, with all that being said, we do have to go through listener takes, and I, I want to give them some respect this week, even though we're an hour and 15 deep into the pod. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a huge week. And, and I will say also, <clears throat> in, a, in a future episode, like in the not-too-distant future, we'll talk more specifically about roster and like, you know, what we would do and who, how we think everything went with these guys and who should be replaced and maybe if we have the money, who should stay, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. We'll do that in a future pod. Um, <clears throat> but for right now, let's run through the listener, listener questions it takes. Um, starting off with Robin, who says, I think it's just a sacrifice to play in on the curse. If LCS does bad every week, then Valorant will pop off. There you go. We didn't mention this piece when we were talking about investment and everything, but it's like, it seems, seems to me judging from the content and roster and everything that like, okay, Hunter Thieves is choosing Valorant as like the favorite child right now. And I think that's fine. Valorant is an exciting newer thing and has good potential. Um, and they're getting a million Riot dollars. Or, Riot, yeah, they're getting like a million dollars a year from Riot or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like, it was a pretty good proposition there. It helps. Um, <clears throat> that does help. So <laughs> I I love this. I love this though. It's like the, the who do we name this after? Was it like real connection or whoever it was that <laughs> yeah. brought this up? It's just like, you know, the, the one hundred thieves esport could be good at a time thing. <laughs> the championship energy it. or the, cha the aura, the championship the cha aura. Wasn't championship it? aura. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, big C that's me said this in chat, but I dumped it into the listener takes cause I thought it was, something to talk about. Maybe we already addressed it. So a lot of these things we will have already yeah, yeah, talked yeah. about. So, um, big C that's me said, could the fact that so much homegrown talent became somewhat successful for other orgs be a reason why they might go, <coughs> excuse me, go in a different direction. I could see management saying, why are we investing in making our competitors better? I think <coughs> that's an interesting consideration because it's like what it, what has happened with the talent that we've developed but again, I just believe that like we weren't in a position to pull the trigger knowing we would have upgrades and now we kind of are. So we're, I think we will convert on one or two of these guys in this upcoming season. Yep. Um, so I don't think this is like 
a factor in the management decision personally. Yeah. And I think actually Papa Smithy, maybe said this in our chat once, but he, he basically said, uh, well, we always play the best player at the position. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you, you keep that pipeline going, you get as much great talent as you can, because if you have somebody who is better than your current player, you play them and then you're a better team. Right. Assuming that they play as well with the team as the other guy. Uh, if they don't, then you send them to your opponents and guess what? Your guy's better than them. So works out. You know, that's short term. You, you got to think about long term too. But like, it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's a complex algorithm that you have to do there. Like, do we think this person is going to be better than someday in two months? You know, or like, <laughs> yeah. is someday going to continue <clears throat> to play at the peak of his career for the next year and a half? How are we feeling? <laughs> um, so they're trust that they're smarter than than uh, the example I just gave, but it's basically that, right? Like, I don't think you really worry about giving other people good players because if you feel genuinely like they're good enough, you keep them. You can always miss, and that's the risk. But you're also getting yeah. the uh, the good financial reward for sending them away. Mm. Moving on to Sen, he actually had a take about the games. Did you know we play games this week? Yeah, I forgot. Um, Sen said week two, meaning World's Week two, <clears throat> we looked much better. Better game plan and drafting. No shot anyone can beat Gen G's current form. And our mental was weak for the RNG game. I do agree with that. Like the RNG game is like it was already like it was yeah. Sorry. It was a, it was a sad thing. Um, but we we had two good showings against RNG. We really did. We had two good good showings. And yeah, that last Gen G game, I'm just gonna wipe it from memory because at that point we were spent, you know? Yeah. I, I, uh, I did think our drafting was better, even though we did see some some things. I didn't like, you know, we saw someday Sejuani. Uh, it was better than closer Sejuani. It was. I was, <laughs> was going to say say that. <laughs> um, and then the roster changes needed, but I love the current roster. I'm thankful for them giving us our first LCS title. And amen. Yep. Exactly. Uh, no matter what happens, no matter how how we feel about what should happen with the roster, whether or not we have the money. Uh, always will love these guys for that yeah um <clears throat> rush gg com- like he he compiled a mini novel for us <laughs> this one would probably end up in the young adult fiction section <laughs> at barnes and noble but <clears throat> we're gonna go ahead and read it for rush because rush is an og i always predicted pretty big changes for our team next year but never thought it would be papa going first he has done so much not only for lcs but for the development program him saying that goals no longer line for 2023 spells huge changes for 100 LCS, and I'm worried as the general trend has been to pull back on the LCS side of things, content and communication. So I'll just stop at this point because there's a lot more. Uh, yes. <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. So first of all, yes. I, I didn't expect... Um, if they made this change, I did not expect it to be like so quick and whatever, but uh, I'm not sure if I, if I still feel surprised by this or not, given the what I think is the money situation. I guess I'm not, but mm. it does hurt anyway. Um, definitely pull back on content and communication about the LCS team. No doubt about that. Uh, he continues. Yes, we did seem a bit heavy on the support staff. I had the feeling that we would let some coaches go, mm. but never Chris, not to mention the promising players. We have in the hundred T ecosystem like Busio and sniper with Chris around spearheading the development side of things. I was never really worried if we would see them in the LCS team. The question was always when, so never see them if we would see them, but the question was when we would see them. Now, who knows? Huge L to start things off for the next year. 
I uh, <clears throat> I mentioned this in the in the Discord. I'm not sure that our chances of things like keeping Sniper are like completely nuked by this. I think Papa is going to have an impact in that equation, but yeah. I think we should still be the favorite for stuff like that. And then with what is probably going on with the roster, I think we can't expect to see the other guys. So, and I think the way it works for amateur and Academy is that you, or maybe it's just amateur. You have, I think it must just be because the Academy are much more interchangeable with LCS for amateur. You have basically the ability to match or counter any offer that comes their way, right? Like that's, that's, I think the, part of the benefit of having them in your system is you know you get to be in that conversation they'll just get snatched up um, yeah. i mean i think really what it's going to come down to like i'm sure there will be you know like wherever poppy goes assuming because he's mentioned that he might even do broadcast stuff right? he just wants to build which i think is cool um i i think he he was implying that he wouldn't do broadcast right he, he said I, I saw a tweet that he said he wouldn't want to just do like be a caster, but more be on the kind of like oh, the, yeah. the building of broadcast. In control, creative yeah. control. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyhow, you know, I think in large part, it probably depends on where our org is when Sniper is able to play at the top level, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, he's got to evaluate his options and, you know, where we go from here is by, be- by then LCS is going to be looking like the like first ABA league or something. There's like four teams. <laughs> they're they're playing and like they're they're like janitors during the day and playing league of legends at night he'll be our first export to uh lec uh good burton says papa smithy was what totally solidified my support of 100 tlcs not to be dramatic but his note about differing visions signifies the beginning of the end of lcs both for 100 t and in general so i think good burton kind of feeling the same pressure about the whole scene <laughs> that yeah, we've been talking yeah. about he's and then uh Gilberton asks how do you think the lcs will look one three five years from now and what do you think hunter t's involvement would be um <clears throat> maybe implying that he's asking whether we would still have the franchise spot <laughs> which i i mean you gotta think yes to yeah, that i think so um that's you know that was like the core that was that was the vehicle that launched hunter thieves uh, without the LCS team, like we do not really have a company. So, um, I'll do the one, three, five. It's hard thing. to see that, especially cause the, the French, like what's it going to sell for? Like what would, if a franchise sold, like what would it get? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think hundred T would probably not sell it, but don't, don't quote me on that. I think the LCS in one year, you still have orgs who are holding on to this like, dream that you can spend your way to global relevance. I think in three years, everybody's back into like, reality mode and my hope is in five years we are actually competitive um through kind of like the new path that people are starting to recognize is the required one who knows if that's possible you know like i think there are other hard limiters on that um player base you know that like server limitations challenges like all that stuff but that's my that's where i think the lcs will be Um, <clears throat> Knox War said, Hunter T had the best drafting out of any of the NA teams, in my opinion. Talking about worlds. Whatever happens going into the offseason, I hope to see whoever was doing the drafting stay with the org. Now that's probably way up in the air. Um, I do, yeah, I think we, we mentioned this earlier. I think the drafting was better in week two. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, was it Jad or Mark on JLXP today said that 
they thought we also had the best drafting um, out of the NA teams. So not that you can rely on them to hold a consistent opinion about anything under thieves related, but yeah, I, I thought, I thought we definitely improved and we looked more competitive. It's hard to say how much of that was due to us just playing better or looser and how much of that was draft. But man, we, when we locked in that center Seraphine, I was like, we might actually do something, you know? So it was <laughs> I, at least I, exciting. I, I made the mistake of clicking on a, some downer league content and, and the person was just, picking apart our draft against Gen G. I was like, you can't lose draft against Gen G. They they could draft literally anything. <laughs> you no, no. I was gonna say you <laughs> lose draft automatically. Right. When playing That's, Gen yeah. G. So I was like, this is not a, you know, this is they could pick the five champions who haven't yet been picked at Worlds and still win. That's fine. <laughs> so yeah. <I> think <laughs> focusing on draft is a little bit goofy for us, uh, NA in general. But glad to hear that people thought we did a good job. <laughs> but but Knox sure does approve, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> no, I mean, just like those who say, like, we lost in the draft. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. Travis Nifke said, Closer, who has long been the, quote, alpha of the team, and been the person who helped the team remain aggressive, admitted in his postgame interview he was, quote, really nervous in groups against RNG and Genji. Ultimately, this is why they lost. If they play that game against RNG yesterday, even slightly more aggressive, they win. I understand the level of competition, but Closer is supposed to be the hyped, overly optimistic leader, and him not being able to bring that to Worlds is a huge part of the downfall. I can't get all the way on board with this, because <clears throat> I think... I don't, not that I think Closer had like the best Worlds or anything, but... Uh, I felt like he was trying. I felt you could see him trying to make plays. And I think the whole team was kind of discombobulated when it came to macro moves and setting up team fights. Um, and it's, so it's hard to point to him as the reason. I get that when we play our best, Hunter Thieves at its best makes use of a very aggressive and active closer. Yep. That's, that's indisputable, right? right? And we didn't have that. So there is something to that. So I don't think there's like this takes completely off in that way, but. Closer's a dog, man. Yeah. I'm I'm never gonna I'm never gonna doubt that. He's a dog. And <clears throat> I uh so I'm not looking at him. I mean, I thought I thought our bot lane got destroyed the entire time, basically. Yeah. So uh yeah, I I would probably and Abadaga was hit or miss. So I I would look three other spots on the map <laughs> before I would point to to closer and um I still think he lives up to that personality that that he's known for yeah it is interesting like it felt like the first round robin he was playing more passive passive picks and i and you wonder if that's like the player in draft saying i don't think this is a good lease in look right or like i don't think this is a good viego look for me like how much of this was and we don't know and we won't know yeah how much of it is him saying like i don't think this works versus you know like there's a i remember hearing maybe it was the last time we won Right, but it's just like draft it and let me play it. Right, remember like <laughs> yeah. wasn't there a clip of him saying that basically? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like doesn't matter, just lock it in, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem that that was. I can't imagine he said that about Poppy. You know, like <laughs> give me the Poppy, dude, let's go. <laughs> put me on Poppy and watch what happens. You know, watch us get <laughs> exactly that in comms. <laughs> if we get comms, we won't. <laughs> There's no way. Carl Skill one says, did you also feel like you got punched in the chest when reading Sunday's post he made after the games were all done? 
Mm, I didn't read it, but the answer to the that is, is probably yes. yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me. Uh, I'll pull it up for you. There's. There actually. Th- I'm glad this got brought up because this is this is telling. I think this is telling. If we're talking about like, hey, whether we think the roster is changing, I think this is pretty telling. So let me pull it up here. Um, of course, let me crop a little bit better. So this is someday our world's journey this year for worlds is ends here. Sorry, I don't mean to butcher. You know what I mean? Um, kind of sad that we couldn't make it out of group, but we tried our best. Still proud of myself and my team. Three finals, two worlds. I'm not sure what's going to happen to the future. Really thankful for cheering us, Hunter T fans and Someday fans. So he outright says, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future. And also talks about the totality of the roster's achievements. Yep. That doesn't sound like someone who's confident the roster is going to come back, right? Right. It's like, this is what we achieved during this time, and I'm proud of that. And he should be, by the way. Hunter Thieves Goat someday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I got, I feel, I felt very sad reading that because I was like, uh Oh, roster's done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, closer, I think tweeted something very similar to that. If I remember right, like also seemed to imply that maybe the roster is not going to continue forward. We'll see. Um, Mont says, (laughs) sorry, I don't mean, you'll know why I chuckled right there in a second. Mont says, I can't get over how many skill shots we just miss as a team. Closer misses every poppy ult. True. <clears throat> Who he misses a mumu cues. True. I don't know why this is, but we just miss abilities so often. Even some days, Gwen ults always seem to miss. True. <laughs> so I, I, I like, so I was reading that and then, I, then Darkuth replied to this and I had to read Darkuth's reply also. He said, I'll never understand how LCS teams allow players that just miss skill shots. I feel like there has to be pools of players in the USA that won't miss simple skill shots or play callers that won't mess the call that won't miss the calls. I don't know, man. It seems so silly with love opinions on this. And if you aren't familiar with this, that is the famous ninja copy pasta about, uh, was it NFL kickers? I think is where that missing field goals. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what an excellent job by dark. I, I think, Mont though, uh, I noticed that too, especially during the world's plays. Like, oh, there were a couple times in that last um, RNG game where it's like, oh, if the bandage lands, maybe we win the whole game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there were, I think there were two times from who he was. He was so close and like probably had like an actual impact on yep. how things went. So. <clears throat> The only thing I'll add to that is this world specifically, I've had an an, uh, enhanced appreciation for how much the the enemy team forces misses. And it's hard to kind of like, but it's so rare. There was one where it was just like, that is such a hard skill shot to flash. And the person did it as an afterthought, right? So it's like, these guys are so good at not being in this in the spot where you can land a skill shot. And that's my thought. Um <clears throat> oh I know hey, look at me. I know how to say this guy's last name now because I DM'd him and asked him how to pronounce it. So Chandler Grody, by the way, Grody. Grody. Yep, Grody. I'm gonna say Grody. So Grody. Okay, yep. Uh, he says, if you, like me, are trying to figure out what happened to this team from summer twenty one to now. 
this is funny because this just came up in chat. TP changes. T1 tower damage changes and durability changes all affect the play style that won us a trophy. I feel like if we could adapt to the meta, okay, but these changes, these system changes were brutal. So I give ultimate credit to Jordan, who is the first observer of this phenomenon that I can recall mm. um, of how our team was impacted by things like the TP changes. Uh, <clears throat> and I, th I think that's part of it. Honestly, it's like bad meta for our bot lane for a while. And TP changes probably contributed to that. Mm -hmm. I'm not smart enough to really definitively say that, but it also just feels like we just didn't have the juice anymore. Right. Right. Like it was, for whatever reason, the lane just didn't go as well. FBI didn't seem as like hungry to kill everybody as he used to. I mean, the way FBI played like 2021 reminded me of how we watched ruler play against us. Yeah. Right. And against everybody he's coming in contact with, honestly. It was like, yeah, that dude has a need to kill everyone. Well, you remember he he dumpstered, I can't remember who it was exactly, but in Worlds 21, FBI and who he like took over in the bot lane. Oh yeah, against Viper and Mako, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they worked yeah. them in lane. And that sure wasn't the vibe this time around. No. Yeah. Those things, those things matter. It's easy to dismiss them and say like, yeah, we get used to it. Like that was kind of mm -hmm. central to our whole play style. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Hunter Talk OG Glenn E. Taylor says, what do you hope for in 2023 LCS to improve international results? Nothing. I hope for, uh, I hope for the fact that enough time has passed since the miracle on ice <laughs> that there's just a, a sports miracle due to happen and it fate smiles upon us right yes that, <clears throat> uh i'll say that i hope that we are no longer considered a major region you think that'll improve international results though i think it'll improve the way we talk about it as a group as a collective <laughs> Honestly, so to, to answer the question being asked, what do you hope for in 2023 LCS to improve international results? I think like I think the only thing I feel like I can hope for is that teams will lean into let's not try and emulate the other regions mm. when it comes to the practice schedules and like, you know, our drafting and everything, and let's just find what works for us and play a little more cavalier. Um I think <clears throat> I think this is a Mark Z point. It might be a Jap point. But like, if you are an undermatched team, the way to, to the way to win is to get crazy, mm -hmm. right? And like, so if we got to make that our identity. I think that's the way that LCS does better uh, internationally. And by the way, <clears throat> getting crazy probably gets you a game or two, right? And yeah. then the teams that are just better adapt, right? It's so like even that is not a surefire way. But it's, I think it's, I agree with that point, like. It is more fun to watch. It is more true to who you are. I, I kind of said this about like, look, these other these smaller region teams, us included now, um, just <laughs> play your game. Like, don't come in and do what everyone else does worse than them because that's not a great recipe to win. You know, like play your game, and yeah. if you don't win, fine. At least you can go out saying you tried what you do. Yeah, maybe it works. Uh, <clears throat> I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so I apologize to this person in advance, but, um, Jao Barros says, I'm a Papa Smithy believer 
And if he says this was due to differences in the roster construction for 2023, it makes me very worried for the future of Hunter T League of Legends. Um, I think <clears throat> that concern is shared by so many people uh, right now. Um, I think we all need to be at peace with the idea that like, hey, we're, we're not going to get a super roster. Like we're not, we're not making a super team again. Um, so if we readjust our expectations and be like, all right, now we're going to be responsible for, um, for, for building up a developmental thing. Mm -hmm. That's gotta be how we judge ourselves. And that is sad because <laughs> it's been a nice, uh, window of enjoyment for being in contention for the title. Maybe we strike gold though. Maybe we strike gold. Yep. Um, Nick Moore says, Whoa, I never thought this would be the first move off season. <laughs> so agreed there. So sad to see him go. He changed the Academy and amateur scene for good. And then Nick says, what's your favorite trust the Papa moment? Oh my God. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I mean, personally it was, it was when we got to go and interview him. That was very, very cool. Uh, mm -hmm. pre pandemic even. So yeah. For those of you who may not know, um, we did an in-person interview at the Cash App Compound with Papa Smithy. Wasn't it like right before COVID happened? It was like February, February 2020, 2020 or something. Yes. <laughs> so you can, you, that's on YouTube still. You can, you can find it. It was a really interesting conversation. Um, It'd be fun to go back and, and watch it. I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, it would be. Uh, he's very gracious with this time. And that was, you know, before the program really turned around. So, um, and we also did the whole Trust the Papa campaign with the, with the shirts that we're wearing. And um, we were able to donate a bunch of money to mental health. Uh, America. Um, so that was really awesome of him. So it's hard to pick anything other than that, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But I would say my, the other time I would pick is also connected with that. I used to have this clip pinned on our, on our Twitter. Um, it is no longer there, but the original trust the Papa reveal on stream was extremely fun to do <laughs> when I used to have the apparel wall behind me. Right. I had like, I had like the, all the hundred thieves drop stuff hanging there in the jerseys and everything. <laughs> and I got that huge banner printed yes. <laughs> for trust the Papa. And I had it behind there and I got to stand up and reveal it right when everything was happening, you know, and then got to take off my sweatshirt and have this shirt underneath and everything. So that was really, that was really, really fun. It um, it's hard to pick stuff other than that. I've, uh, as, as a side note, I also really have enjoyed when I do VOD squads and he shows up. That's the thing. Pop Smithy, uh, so, so often in our discord, in our streams, uh, in the streams of, 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 you know, other like smaller players in the LCS, like very present. And that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> and something he would do is like when I'm watching VOD squad and it would say no spoilers in the title. And then he would show up in chat and I would remind him every time I was like, Hey, I, we have not seen the result of this game. And he, I know I can read. It says no spoilers. <laughs> I think that happened like three times. Uh, that's great. So that's my honorable mention. JC101 says Team Liquid is scaling down their roster. Papa's vision no longer fits what management wants to do. Dignitas is selling their spot, which is that confirmed, by the way? Uh, news to me, but you know where I JC sit says on the news. Is. Yeah. And LCS broadcasts are reportedly changing next year. Is the LCS itself sc scaling back? Is the era of inflated salaries and older players coming to an end? Yes. Uh, Switchbox, by the way, says Dig is not selling their spot. It was rumored, but they are not. Um, Switchbox, very current with things like that, so I'm going to trust that for now. Yep. Um, 
but yeah, it's yes. I think the era is, is going to come to a close at the end of this year. I expect to see a lot of like broadcast talent changed out. We already know. Um, why am I blanking on his name? The caster who already said he's not. This is the, uh, the Australian guy. Pastry time. Pastry time. Yeah. No. Yeah. Pastry time. Already, he, he announced he was not going to be part of the broadcast. Um, a while ago, a few weeks ago. Right. Um, I, I suspect we'll see more of that. And honestly, like maybe it's time I've made the point that a lot of the current broadcast people, desk people, they came up in the scene with the 2013, 2014 players, you know, with the early stuff. And, and it's kind of like, you know, they hold on to a lot of that and, and it may just be time for a, a change there even yeah. though I like them and I respect their skills, like, you know, they are, they're a big reason why I actually stuck with watching hundred thieves because it's like, Oh, this broadcast is actually way more professional than I thought. So, um, but yeah, I think there's going to be changes there. Um, <clears throat> re the pop Smithy, <laughs> uh, release your boy graph says, I'm very anti this move <laughs> unless there's a ridiculously good other option. This was a poor decision in before Gilhoto comes and I switch fandoms. Which, <laughs> uh, yeah, that would, you know, I, there are worse things that can happen. Like if we have, if we have solo in top lane next year, then the pods going on hiatus, <laughs> but yeah, oh. I feel your pain graph. Solo's just the, the gap guy. You, you would get us through the general sniper. Cool. The DeMonte of top lane, if two you will. Two years of solo to look forward to. We'll see you guys in two years. Mm, my goodness. Uh, see you on the other side of that one. <laughs> Big Chief Wolf says, Papa references that the direction Hunter T was going to not align with him. Also references how proud he was of their talent development. Matt, <coughs> meaning Nate Shot, has referenced the pressure for the, quote, win now mindset of LCS, which he definitely talked about this year on stream. Mm-hmm. Um, are new faces more likely in spring versus promoting up? So the question of are we gonna we're gonna bring in outside people or promote our talent? I'm in the we're gonna mostly well, not mostly, we're gonna promote talent for sure, I think. I would be shocked if we didn't see Busio Tenacity, um, maybe someone else from Academy. But I do think we're we'll, the new people that we bring in are gonna be more developmental as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's gonna be tough. Like we we don't I don't think we'll see like the hey introducing the 2023 100 thieves academy team strike that it's the lcs team you know like i don't i don't (laughs) think we're gonna see that uh which some teams do true so we'll have to see some new faces um question is how many you know i don't know yeah yep um and then one final take from slj first time taker Uh, Papa Smithy has talked multiple times about how important it is to develop and grow young talent to keep a thriving scene and improve NA as a region. In his time as general manager, Hunter T has produced some of the best sounds from its amateur and academy system. Busio, Tenacity, Copy, Poom, Kemvi, etc. We'll put Luger in there as well. In his statement, Papa Smithy said he did not see eye to eye on what is next for Hunter T. I believe that Hunter T will no longer look to develop talent and will focus more on shopping for the next big import rather than focus on bringing up their young, hungry talent. This is very worrying as an LCS fan because the last thing I want 
is to have a team with a bunch of old washed EU players looking to retire in my region, looking at you humanoid and taking a spot from our young and hungry to prove themselves Academy players. So I, I love this take for the EU hate. Yeah. He um, took a turn you straight know, down your, your uh, alley there at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, so we, you know, we talked about this point with, you know, bringing in people spending all that. We don't, we, Jordan and I don't think that that's going to be the case. We think we're going to be very developmental um, next year and bringing in the young hungry talents. And, you know, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep applying the, the uh, pressure from the hundred talk community to not take EU players. (laughs) You know how much weight we have to throw around. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's a good thing. We've got our seats on the board, Cole. Yeah. And it, Good Burton points out, I think accurately, Humanoid did look pretty good in, in the uh, first couple weeks of Worlds here. So, All right. <clears throat> we have we've said much we have. tonight. Uh, I want to just one more time express gratitude, man, for what, what a fun window this has been where we were so good. And the memories of getting the first title um, we don't know what's going to happen with the roster. We assume changes are incoming. Uh, we know we've already said goodbye to Papa Smithy. Uh, we're very grateful for all of the hard work put in by him. Um, all the community connection that he's, uh, helped to foster, um, leading us to, you know, our first ever championship. And that was just unbelievable. And we will always remember all of this so fondly. So it's sad to see him go. With the players, I mean, <clears throat> we might have legit ultra memed by having someday on Sejuani in his last game for <laughs> Under Thieves. <laughs> A throwback to the old days of put someday on carries fans in the Reddit. Um, I just, I love these guys so much. Someday, closer. Abadaga, I know, I know community is kind of like back and forth about Abadaga. I love him. I love FBI. I love who he, all these guys, this will, it is hard for me to imagine a world where this is not perma favorite roster that under thieves has ever put together. Yeah. You know? I got to go let my dog out. So I'm going to say, take care. I'm going to ask you to close <laughs> okay. this out. I'll be right back, but sure. yeah, please don't let me. keep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just, I just want to say, I'm going to miss those guys so much. And I'm glad that we had the time that we did. Um, I'm grateful for, you know, we're we're talking about like, hey, this is kind of sad and maybe surprising to see Papa Smithy go, but you know, grateful to those who made the decision to bring him here in the first place. Remember, this was not a GM hire; this was a hire from broadcast, um, where we took him in. So, you know, grateful for those who who were responsible for that decision, <clears throat> for the staff's hard work this year and every year. Um, I'm glad that we have the people that we have man, and even though we didn't get, we didn't get the results we wanted this year, which is probably just all we wanted was to feel better about the end of the year than we felt last year. And I don't think we got that. I still like, it's way more fun watching a team that wins almost every week at LCS than it is, not, you know, struggling to, to cobble together some, some wins and make it to 500 or whatever, you know? So, um, I know everybody's a little bit upset or panicked or whatever and not feeling sure about what's going to happen. But the truth is we've had a very good window and 
everybody on both sides of this decision is responsible for that. So, you know, as fans, we were lucky. We were really lucky. Um, and we'll see what happens in the future. We don't have, again, we don't have to be all doom and gloom about it. Could be that we strike gold. Could be that the, you know, the other teams can't put it together in, in the right way. And, and it could be that we have some, uh, some great scouting from whoever the next GM is or, you know, or, or our prospects like Busio really pop off. There's a lot of like fun possibilities ahead. And I think that is going to be what I choose to focus on. Just like I chose to focus on just appreciation. When I watch these guys play what is presumably their last games, I'm going to choose to focus on the, ex- the exciting roller coaster that is surely coming. And, uh, and hope that, you know, we get a fun competitive squad with good personalities that we like to watch. And that's all we can really hope for as fans, you know? So Hunter talk is not going away during the off season. Um, we'll do a pod about roster pretty soon. Um, we've got a few other ideas for pods, um, that we'll do in the next coming little bit. So stay with us for that. It looks like Jordan's actually back. So we'll give him a second. I was just telling him Jordan that, um, we have some off season things that are coming up that we'll be doing. So we, you know, we won't be in every week kind of situation probably during the off season, but, um, we won't be quiet either. So just keep an eye on our Twitter. If you're new here, which there are actually a bunch of new people, um, and a bunch of new followers and subs and stuff. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at hundred talk pod, 100 talk pod. And, uh, we'll keep you updated on stream schedule and everything during this off season. And we have a few cool things to, to do for you. So stick around. Um, but yeah, that was our 2022. It was a good year. It was a good year. It is insanely difficult to contend for a title three years or three splits in a row. And that was achieved. And that was really fun to watch. So, all right, everybody that that's it for now. Hope everybody's, can process what's happened and feel better about it and uh, we'll always throw it back to trust the papa yep and like we always say at this time we love you and we miss you already All I ever asked is one